Welcome back to another episode of A Whole New Pod, a podcast all about Disney Channel original movies. And if you're listening to this, we're coming at you from the blockchain. That's right. If you're listening to this right now, you're one of the lucky few who got one of our non-fungible A Whole New Pod tokens. (laughs) Or you are the sole digital owner of this episode of our Disney Channel podcast. Congratulations. Are you one of the lucky winners, Mysterious Voice? I uh, do not have the $69 million NFT FCCW token, but uh, I am Mysterious Voice Jacob Telejohn. No, that, that, that was what I wanted to get out of there. Yeah, so we are, we're getting into the blockchain game. We are oh, all about uh, Ethereum, Dogecoin. We're going to put out up, up, up. sound bites. Like, you can get one that is... Uh, Hey, it's Quince. You can get that. You can get the classic. She comes, she comes, she, she comes, comes, comes. Well, she comes. That, that could be a, a multi-million dollar one right there in the fandom. Yeah. Uh, and also, based on our popular downloads, uh, I guess we should maybe start charging people to download the Jenny Project. Absolutely. Rising up in our ranks to be our second most popular episode, which isn't necessarily saying a lot but it's it's saying a lot for the jenny project so no we kid crypto is stupid and also surprisingly very wasteful it's oh yeah consumes a a lot of energy energy, so it's not just the people who talk about it are annoying they're also kind of just not doing great stuff for the environment and all of that did you hear about the thousand day project thing that sold for like 69 million or something or whatever it was no i think we should stop that now we don't want to actually talk seriously about it like but like it was we're just clowning on it and hopefully it'll blow over in a week and nobody will be talking about the nfts anymore you can buy a little pixelated art for 500 million dollars you know that's cool i like owning stuff physically but yeah, digital ownership, I'm generally not a fan of. I'm a, a bit of a hmm, pushed up my glasses, uh, a pirate. Uh, uh-huh. Don't don't tell the DMCA about me. <laughs> but it's fitting that we talk about this cutting edge technology yeah. on this episode, our 50th episode, by the way, which Five Jacob, zero. did you ever think we'd make it to... 50 episodes i wasn't sure it's actually easier for jacob probably because as the person who edits these episodes there was definitely a while where i'm like uh, done yeah i didn't see us making it to 50 but i think we've been on we have actually been on a roll for a while where we've been in a good groove i think we're going on a few months now without any missed weeks we've been sticking to the every other week schedule and it shows our our downloads are up on our views on YouTube are up. We're, we just hit a hundred thousand on YouTube and so everybody loves us there. Yeah. So many likes and dislikes. Yeah. So you got to go like them all if you haven't already. Uh, so I think I kicked around some ideas where I don't want to necessarily be like, uh, I need a break, but I think we might have a special episode coming up where we maybe Whoa. will take a break After. from, just take a single break. We might have like a, we've watched 50 of these movies and oh. maybe we've learned some things oh. and maybe we'll have some stuff to discuss about them in the not too distant future. But Whoa. now, speaking of the quite distant future, the year is 2054. Yes. So 
actually not that distant. Uh, I hope no, to still like, be alive. Well, maybe we will probably be alive. Away. Whether we're happy about being alive in 2054, we How can only we tell. Be? We'll, be, we'll be 50. No. I didn't do that right. <laughs> We'd be about, I believe, 60, 61. 60, 60 that's what it was. Uh, in 2054, everything is crypto, yes. including Xenon. And this movie takes after the Mighty Ducks naming <laughs> convention where... I think it's called Xenon colon Z3, or it might just be called Z3, but it is the final chapter in the trilogy that I don't know if it was ever set up to be a trilogy, but this is the last one we've gotten for yeah. a while. I don't know. Maybe they'll either re rebooting under wraps. Oh, maybe man. they do some kind of girl meets world kind of Xenon's children That's sort of yeah. thing. But I don't think I'd necessarily be clamoring for that anyways but what if they used all the same actors and actresses what if what if xenon Kaw came back and made a she made a reappearance uh, i mean they've already not been able to do that at all of their movies oh, like we'll, we'll get to that about this one yeah so this movie kind of just starts off with a bang because uh <laughs> we get introduced to a guy, I don't know if he's he's supposed to be kind of a, a business entrepreneur yeah. or he's like a Ryan Seacrest type. But he his name reminded me of Snow or whatever. Maybe Snow from Hunger Games. Not Snow, but oh, the the yeah. flamboyant, yeah. crazy host yes, guy yes, yes, interviewer yes, yes. in the Hunger Games. His name is, I think, Pat Numba <laughs> or Pat Lumba or I don't know, but he is. Kicking off the 2054 Ultimate Teen Supreme Contest. Was it, was it Space Stock? Or no? Moonstock. Moonstock. That's what it was. So it'll happen on the moon, and we're seeing signs of Moonstock, but it is currently on a beach on Earth. Yes. Correct. So already, we're, I'm like, huh? Who? Huh? Who? Huh? Who what you? is happening here? Yeah. Then we see... I think we still see this person before we see Xenon. We see everybody's favorite Xenon character, Margie, the the rich yes. girl from the first movie who dumbfoundingly ended up being one of the only characters to appear in all of the Xenon yeah, there's, movies. There's four of them, and we can mention them now. Uh, Xenon, yes, Margie, Commander Plank, who we'll see again shortly, Aunt and Judy, Aunt Judy, and maybe. Raven's no, no she Nebula was one. not in the second not one. They the second mentioned one. her, but That's she right. did not appear. No. So Margie is talking to someone named Cassie who talks about how her and Xenon are best friends, but as far as we remember, she has not been in any of the no. other movies. No. And it was almost one of those things because we do see Raven as Nebula, but she exists solely on a green screen beach video calling in yeah. to xenon like, so like, presumably she filmed all of those scenes which i think there are three with her yes uh in about uh 30 minutes <laughs> in between episodes of change, that's change so raven all, all or something so we bring it uh i well i brought it up with this cassie character because she is black yeah i don't think it necessarily plays it into any part of her They're character but it could be like her. was she originally supposed to be nebula they couldn't get raven for enough of the shooting so then they just had raven video call in and then I kept the raven stuff for this girl that's, yeah. who's like we're best friends that's what i was thinking too finally we get to see the girl herself of the 21st century xenon who 
is in a space car, which I don't think we've ever, we've seen the space transportation in yes. these movies. And it's very Jetson or even like Futurama looking and, and spaceships. It, it, and it looks, I mean, like, it's like, it, they're really hokey. It's just a those? cartoon car yeah. in space. Yes. And Commander Plank is in there with her. And it is implied that he is administering her driver's test, yes. which I feel like that is definitely below the rank of commander <laughs> to be administering these tests. I, I mean, he is the commander of the ship. He knows how to drive, right? So he's uh, got to be the teacher. One would hope. But Xenon starts to seem like she doesn't know how to drive. She's, I think, kind of jerkily stopping and starting. And then the car, which is in like a, a ring around the space yes. station in a lane with a bunch of other cars, there's some wispy we, space yes. ghost. We see like, yes. Like it almost kind of looked like the space thing from like past movie, but it, yes, the the one thing we I think we're kind of universal in praising Xenon two yeah. that their interpretation of weird extraterrestrial alien of yes. kind of amorphous, gaseous space ghost yeah, butterfly, like butterfly thing. thing yeah that was cool yes and i even had my notes here is this a second movie callback because it comes and kind of pushes their car yeah. down sends her on the beginning of her journey well, in this yeah movie. it sends them to earth yes it? so they get knocked out of the orbit of the space yeah. station so they have just nowhere else to and go then but she down. starts to drive and then commander planks like okay you didn't kill us so i guess you passed the test so then the car is just able to enter the Earth's atmosphere. And it lands no problem. on the beach, doesn't it? She parks right on the beach with a bunch of other multicolored cars like hers. I which, think hers is bright red. Which end up being the cars that are raced. Yes, in. we see that they are part of the contest. So Xenon, Had this is coming down to already. the wire where she didn't have her license, but then she gets it so then she can enter in the teen, the ultimate teen supreme contest. Yes. Then she's immediately introduced with the other entrants, most notably Margie and Cassie are in it. And then we also learn of Boy Hunk in this movie, Bronley. And then two nobodies. And Bronley has an Australian accent. The two two nobodies. When they start the race, there are two other drivers that I don't think actually get introduced with everybody else. So this is when we need to really hit this home. The CGI in this is astonishing, even for Disney Channel standards it, the quality is so low but the quantity is so it's high all the time it's like it's like the majority of the movie it doesn't matter if they're like inside outside car uh, and that was something that they dodged moon and not so elegantly like, uh, in the original movie by just saying hey we're in a town that doesn't like new technology so it just looks the same whereas this it's they're parking on the beach is that even a real beach they're <laughs> Raven Simone, is that even a real beach? It's definitely not a real beach. So what what year was this movie? 2004? Yep. Uh, They could have did better. Even, I was trying to think if we really had too heavy of CGI movies, and the closest one we've had recently was Pixel Perfect. But I think the CG they had in the internet world in that was better yes. than this oh yeah 100% like or at least this was just looks out of place had more style and an aesthetic to it where this yeah this is just completely kids drawing about space turned into bad cgi yeah pretty uninspired Very stuff scary. they introduce her as a contestant and we start to hear a single protester in the crowd who's holding a sign and says like hey 
don't go on the moon. Yeah. Uh, don't colonize. It's all about not colonizing and keeping green. And so they kind of shush him, the crowd, and then Xenon gets off the stage, and this guy comes up to her and introduces himself as Sage Borealis. Borealis. So very... I wouldn't say good, but very on-brand name for the Xenon franchise. Yes. Which also, the slang in this, I don't know if it's just... We haven't seen the even, others for a while. I don't while, think we got a at all. We, we got one. We got one. But it wasn't from Xenon. Oh, my gosh. Uh, but, yeah, it's just... There's so much... And it's so dumb. And it was always dumb. But they they feel the need, I think, to, like, introduce new ones. So one that showed up a few times was people just say fully yeah but like that's something people can say like i'm fully on board but i fully intended to call you i think that's even something xenon basically says and it's like that's not even slang that's just something people say there were just it was just there were just too many xenon languages i'm actually happy like deja vu to our our second episode or i'm sure i think we had a conversation just like this maybe about the slang or It might it might have been that I felt there wasn't enough slang in the second one, or it might have even been this exact conversation about how the second one the slang was stupid. So you know, you do fifty episodes, you don't remember all. No, time is cyclical. Many, any. There will always be a xenon in every generation. Yeah. But xenon, she's hearing Sage talk about, hey, it's not good for humans to colonize the moon, and xenon's like. See ya. Yeah, like she kind of came off as a real kind of twat. Like I feel like this would be like an issue that she was, you know, be worried about and invested in. But instead, she just wants to talk to this Brom guy. I mean, I would want to talk to <laughs> Bronley too. He is like a tan version of Greg from Xenon One, Greg. but with an Australian accent. But so he's an asshole. He's kind of checking all my boxes. Oh, stop. So I don't know if this was set up in one of the past movies, but Aunt Judy and Commander Plank, they live on Earth now. But Xenon was taking her driver's test with Commander Plank in space. Yeah. And Xenon's parents, who do not appear in this movie, are said to still be in their lab in the space station. Who knows? But they're on Earth and they uh, have become foster parents to a girl named Dasha, who has a very comedic in quotation marks entrance where she, I don't know. She just falls into the scene from somewhere. I wasn't looking at the screen. I was taking notes. Well, yeah, the, she was they, eavesdropping or something. They introduced her. Yeah. She just kind of just pops in, but like she's dressed exactly like Xenon. Exactly. Everything. And then she says something. She's just I, a very obnoxious. She completely idolizes Xenon. She has scrapbooks with her hair in it. Oh, we'll get to the scrapbook. Okay, I'm glad you noted that. Like, but just, she's just really obsessed. I hate this trope. I've talked about how some of the characters in Disney Channel original movies, they're very smart kids. They know everything. Yep. The target audience isn't supposed to hate those kids. It's just me as an adult who hates those kids. Yes. This is a character who is written to be an annoying kid yeah so it's just it's the one of my least favorite tropes <laughs> in movies and it's something that does seem to show up later in like different franchises or sci-fi movies i think robocop 2 robocop as a kid or might even have been robocop 3 yeah. aliens uh ripley gets paired up with newt who just absolutely sucks ass in my opinion <laughs> it's just just don't 
We already have enough characters. You just introduce Cassie randomly. We don't need Dasha in this. They have dinner one night, and this is mostly notable because on the news, they're talking about the Supreme Teen Contest and how they have pod racing. And I'm like, can they do that? Disney didn't own Star Wars yet. Can they just call the same stuff pod racing? True. And I thought if if they had the nerve to do that, they at least should have dropped a, now this is pod racing line. But they didn't. But one bit of prescient technology that happens here is it's a live television video. Yes. And they're like asking for audience questions. And Dasha pulls out some virtual keyboard and she basically live tweets a question to the news people and and they they answer answer it. it. They read it. They answer it. And then she's like, that's me. That's me. They're talking about to me. And that's how I've ever felt when I (laughs) uh, subscribe to a Twitch channel or something. And they they say your name. No. Read the the comment. I don't subscribe very often. I use my prime sub. And the last person I did, they didn't even say my name. It's kind of rude. Well, they didn't have alerts set up. They're kind of like a they're too cool to too have alerts Cool for school. They have a Patreon that have gives them a bunch of money. So they just have Twitch as like a side revenue Jeez. stream. <laughs> if only you guys want to watch a whole new pod Twitch stream. <laughs> uh, I don't know about that. One one decade from now, maybe. So then there is there's this in the lead up to the Teen Supreme contest. We see the signs with Moonstock. Yes. But then there just seems to be regular concerts and parties in the lead up to Moonstock. Yes. So Xenon tries to hit up Bronley, the hunky boy, but then Sage, the protesting boy, gets in her way again. Yeah. And, and he's all like, hey, people shouldn't be on the moon. And then, and, that, well, it, and then Bromley comes back over and he's like, hey, bro, get out of here. She's trying to talk to me. And Xenon's like, yeah, I'm trying to talk to him. And. But I'm with Sage. I, I'm pretty confident that if people did colonize the moon, they would ruin it. <laughs> <laughs> True. And he talks about, oh, they'll put up advertising or like condos and shit. And I uh, said, this all sounds pretty accurate. That's so, what Elon's trying to do. Oh, God. <laughs> put Elon Musk in Xenon 4 as a villain. <laughs> yes. Dogecoin. I'd watch that. Sponsored by Doge. So as Jacob mentioned a little bit ago, Dasha shows Xenon a scrapbook. Yes. That has more of the stylings of the burn book from it's, Mean Girls. It's creepy. She has some hair of Xenon's that she somehow got from the space station Stylist. barbershop or something. Yeah. But Pancaked. Yes. There are <laughs> n- multiple news clippings. Yes. And one of them, the title is Xenon totally pancaked. <laughs> I wrote in my notes panicked, which I, my mind didn't even want to register. Like, what is what is pancaked? I, I'm sure there is some urban dictionary definition for pancake that makes it weirdly sexual. <laughs> but this is this made me think of. So in the first movie, she saves the yeah. space station from blowing up or crashing to Earth. I don't know exactly. Why remember. is Dash so she upset? Would, How did she find out about? But Xenon? she would be in the news for that. For that yeah. one, yes, correct. That is very understandable. I don't remember. I kind of felt like in the second movie, all of the alien stuff that that discovery made the news. I feel like no, but I feel like they try to keep it like under wraps, maybe so that like. But I I might just be misremembering, but that they wouldn't try to exploit the aliens, or I I don't remember why they came across the aliens in that, anyways. But like that's maybe two things, but like. She seems to be getting in the news because I don't know. So I it, mean, maybe she's just a celebrity, though. I mean, after she won the first one, what she won the protozoa concert, right? 
Like she she was like the but girl. That, that was just for the space station. Oh, as we'll learn hard. here, Protozoa is not actually that big a deal. <laughs> not anymore. He was. But just on the space station, I don't know if he was that big a deal. He was. He used to be a big deal. Like they mentioned it before the. Spice I think Girls you're just a Protozoa stan, and yeah. you're making him a bigger deal than he, he actually was. Well, is. Speaking of the scrapbook, it was in this scene where we see a background on the wall. There is a poster yeah. for Protozoa, yeah, and this and is where. Not Fans him. get the news that they recast Protozoa yeah. for Xenon 3. No. And we immediately get a cutaway to Protozoa's house because... Out in the woods. Why, if they weren't going to have the original Protozoa, why do you even need why Protozoa big deal? in this? Yeah. Just I've never been on the service. Protozoa train, as we just were talking yeah. about. It's it, I don't know. I, I would just imagine if they needed his bus, obviously, later on. Yeah, he serves a plot reason, but it is the dumbest plot reason. Yeah, I, I would guess just fan service. But like you said, if they're not going to use the same guy, what does it matter? Yeah, he's got frosted tips, which I think Protozoa did in at least yeah. one of the other movies. He, he sounds very similar to him. He's got like the same kind of... Which talks I, makes me way. wonder, it, probably the original Protozoa wasn't even British or whatever no. he's supposed to this be. So it's easy yeah. for them to both sound exactly no, the same. I, I, I thought he was a, a fine fill-in. Like, like he, he gives gives off the same vibe. Like, like, he like looks he's, over he's, the hill, though, yes, for a boy star. He, I pegged him at at least 35. Later on in the movie, we learn he's 31. Yeah. But it wouldn't be the only time somebody no, in these movies plays somebody he's younger than they actually he's are. Mid thirties, and really up to this point, maybe this has come across in our discussion. But there's been like no cohesion to the yeah, scenes. It's just a bunch of just junk happening. There's no just rhyme different or stuff keeps happening. Yeah, and it stood out no more than they're at another random party on the beach. Like yeah. this is it was weird. It's like Burning Man in the lead up to <laughs> Moonstock. And we see Xenon, Cassie, and Margie at the end of a meal where they ate giant ribs. Yes, and they're not dirty. There's no BBQ sauce on their face. And the ribs are literally like a foot wide. And they're completely clean. Like no fat, no anything left on there. They bone dry (laughs) ribs. They're clean. They have uh, clean fingers. They have clean mouths. Why wasn't no this bills. the whole movie? It's just eating them. <laughs> the situation eating. of them eating these ribs <laughs> at this teen party. And this is where I think they talk about how they've all had the same moon dream. Yeah, it's all Xenon hopping around on the moon. And Neil, oh, Armstrong, it's Neil Armstrong is there. Planting the flag. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, it's him planting the flag for the first moon landing. does not landing. have a helmet. She's just there like spectating him. And in this first discussion, it's not made clear, but later on, it seems to be, well, it's stated that the other girls had the same dream as Xenon, including that the girl was Xenon. It wasn't like each of them on the moon. It was Xenon on the moon. Yeah, they're dreaming about Xenon. So then I was like, wait, is Xenon dreaming in the third person (laughs) that she's seeing herself on the moon and and not seeing from her point of view? I never put two and two together why the girls had the dream. I don't think it had a purpose. It was just kind of a cool thing. Yeah. There's kind of a payoff, but it's a payoff in a way that you can kind of just hand wave a lot of stuff that happens in this movie. Yeah. She is talking to Bronley to see if he had the same dream, but he's like, nah, broad, I just want to party. Broad. Tight. So Xenon's like, okay. So then she's about to kiss Bronley, which is very fast. And then Dasha... 
Dasha appears out of nowhere and says, Zenus Lapidus. Okay. So we now got, it, we got but it. But from Dasha, which no, I'm not a big Xenon fan, but I'm, you know. Definitely not. If somebody's going to say it. it's got to be Xenon. Oh, but yes. then she follows it up with saying, hey, if you want to kiss him so bad, just go ahead and do it. And it's like she was just about to do it and you interrupted her. <laughs> it was it was pretty clear. They were less than an inch apart for what's, locking what's lips. What's weird, though, about this, like, kissing thing, there was no really, like, lead up. I guess they're just physically attracted to one another. That, like, she, he hates her. Like, he, <laughs> just, he, like, wants to just, like, eliminate her. And, like, no, she hates not him, yet. too. Maybe, maybe he's trying to get in her head. But Bronley is hot, Jacob. I'm sorry <laughs> if that makes you feel uncomfortable, but he's hot. He's an, he's an attractive young You know, not teenage. everybody needs to go yeah. through all the, the stages of courtship. Sometimes you just <laughs> want to kiss Bronley. Back at... Uh, Aunt Planks, Aunt Planks, well, maybe. <laughs> Aunt Judy oh. and Commander Planks' house, which I guess Xenon's just staying at, and it's close enough to the, the beach, beach where the party is yes. that everybody can just go to and from there, no problem. Dasha included. There's some step family drama where it's classic misunderstanding where Dasha overhears Plank and Judy having a conversation. It's like, so oh, like, she snuck out, or she's, because. She got in trouble for sneaking out, Dasha. Yeah, that is. snuck out. That uh, she's ruining our lives. Oh, her her big brown, big brown eyes. eyes. And Dasha's already. Well, she heard she the brown eyes away. comment, but Dasha doesn't have brown eyes. We see what they're really talking about, it's and a it's a puppy that chewed plank slippers. So yes. they're like, I don't know if we can keep her. It's like a it's like a one day year old puppy that totally annihilated these shoes. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it looks about to be the youngest puppy you could adopt possible. Yeah. So, oh, no, now Dash is sad. I don't care. So what, what is she going to do? She'll well, we don't know we'll quite yet out. because yes. it's time. It's time for the big race. The big race. <laughs> it's the big day for the big race. And they start off from the beach where Xenon had previously Park parked her car. Her car. Yeah. Uh, so they need to race to Moonstock. All of yes. the other fans, they're just taking like a space bus there. Yes. But the rules are very unclear. You have to go through little... They say, you just need to go to Moonstock, but then it's, oh, you missed a a buoy or a a gate. You got to go back. So stuff happens. They're, like, cutting each other off, but the CG ships look like bad (laughs) bumper cars. Yeah, and some people miss some of the bumpers. You have to go back. Xenon's friend gets off track. Cassie just starts to, to like, (laughs) nosedive in space. And then Xenon goes after her. her. But so I don't even know really... how she saves her. She just like drives, just flies by her. her. Yeah. And then we don't even see Cassie <laughs> finish, but apparently she finished in third she place. Finished third. So when she went to save her, though, they got really far behind. So we see Bromley. Or Bromley takes second. Uh, Margie, Margie takes first, first. And then these two other like nobodies. We, we didn't even We're, see uh, them. Yeah, Jason and Bobby. We never see them. Who we only hear their names after we see their faces in their spaceships. And they get attacked the, by yes, the space ghosts. Yes, they were about to finish fourth. But yes, yeah. their cars just die. Their space cars just drop out of midair and they die. And we, well, not we see one of them at Later. the end of the movie, but <laughs> we don't see the other one. <laughs> And that's why this whole, like, space race, the rules are nebulous. Yeah, nebulous. Exactly. Oh, no. uh, we don't even see everybody finish, but then when Xenon pulls in, she has to pull into the fourth, fourth. place gate. And it's, like, who was third place? We didn't <laughs> see. Already off to a very exciting start. And 
There may be but, a bigger Xenon. But, but yes, yes. We, we mismentioned the part where Xenon's with the mist, the alien mist or whatever. No, we, we oh, said we? that Jason and Bobby get attacked by the space okay. ghost. Yeah. I don't know what else you want. Well, <laughs> did the internet do something to Xenon's car too or maybe not? Well, she sees it take out them. It takes out the rest of the competition and then she gets fourth place. And I could have swore they said you have to make it into third place oh. to qualify for the next thing. Oh, that doesn't matter. But then they're like so moved by Xenon saving her friend that they let her get in. Why I have, don't know. Why have four spots though? Four stalls. Yeah, because <laughs> if you don't make it into four stalls, you just are stranded you're, you're in space. Screwed. You you're can't stranded, come out. yeah. And I'm not a Xenon fan. Maybe you're a bigger Xenon fan than me, but who really came into Xenon 3 and was like, I want to see her do a space race? Yeah, it was it was just weird. Reading the plot synopsis, I said, okay, Teen Supreme contest, maybe a beauty contest kind of thing. I, I understand that fits Xenon. Yeah, and then they start talking about a race, and I say, uh, what? We get into some wacky races. How kind many of thing? events even were there? There were like two or three. We never saw the finale. It no. seemed if it ran, all there were were two events. There was a little race well, it, and they climb a wall. It didn't finish. On. So if it had ran ideally, it would have been three events. Yeah. Uh, the first one was by far the most exciting. The second was boring. But they could have if they, they made they it like the whole more. movie. If they turned it into yeah, Red Line, the yeah. the amazing anime film Red Line. Why wasn't it just a bunch of events? It could have been really good. It could have been Ninja Warrior, but with Xenon. <laughs> but nope, been, it could have been better. We got Z three. And speaking of the most Z three, Dasha uh, is inside Xenon's pod. She snuck on as a stowaway. And and we found that out before she finishes the race because she makes Xenon do like a flip in the air and. Oh, yeah. Loop-de-loops and stuff. So Xenon immediately clears up the confusion that Dasha had where she says, oh, they don't want me as their daughter. Oh, no, they were talking about the puppy. Because Let me the call big brown them. eyes. But then she can't call them because of Internet. space interference. Well, I meant, so this is the same time there's a bunch of um, snow happening and weird weather events, too. Yeah, at some point when they're walking around the space station, Xenon sees a bunch of different news feeds of Oh, it's raining. Oh, it's snowing. She talks oh, to cl- cows are floating in the air. For half an hour. And she talks to Raven. Or talks to Nebula, and it's like snowing on the beach. Yeah. And we also see Commander Plank and Judy. Uh, it's like raining because he's looking for Dasha. Which, I know the moon affects the tides, but I don't think the tides can affect <laughs> that much of the weather. Everything. Or make cows float. But hey, I'm no Neil deGrasse Tyson. She can do it all, space goddess uh, Cindy Lopper. We also get a very long establishing shot where the crowd from the space bus, all the, the teen fans, they show up and they're streaming into the moon station. And it goes it's a on long shot. It's, a, it's like a 30, 30 seconds, seconds of just establishing... There's a bunch of food stands. There's like yeah. four popcorn Big stands. burgers or whatever. Oh, uh, well, there's Big Bang Burger, <laughs> which I guess Persona 5 stole their fast food chain name from Xenon, Xenon. 3. It is a good name for a space-themed burger place. Yeah. But the, the fashion for these kids, I thought, was on point. It was cool. No, I, I, I agree. thought the style, I kind of felt maybe the style in the second one was a little lacking, but I yeah. thought they brought a lot of good uh, variety. Yeah, and I mean... They had a lot of extras. We like our extras. And they, I mean, there were, there were a lot of people. They all had different, like, unique outfits. It wasn't like, you know, they're just the same reuse kind of thing. Like, everybody just had a unique kind of just look to them. It was, it was pretty cool. 
So speaking of looking cool, we cut back to Protozoa on Earth and he's in his house. He's his... talking to his manager on the phone. He's just chilling. I'm going to go up to space, up to the moon and play a show. Yeah, so he gets to go to the moon. Previously, it said that it was very exclusive. Like, oh, you have to win a contest to make it onto the ships to go. But Protozoa just gets to show up. At least Protozoa. He was like the biggest rock star in the world for like a year. So being on the moon is kind of meaningless because they're just in a station that looks like any other space set they've ever had in a Xenon movie. Well, we do get some surface of the moon stuff. So maybe it's good that they didn't show too much of that because zoom, zoom, zoom. I don't know, I just had like random. Oh, I, I know outbursts. what it's I know how you be. At least we've only had one of those zoom outbursts. We got those so so randomly throughout this uh you'd hear his music in the background at I don't think times. we did. I think hundred percent when I he got really there. When mind. he got there, remember? Well that's that's not yeah. the same thing at no. all. You're implying that they're like eating a big bang burger and they're playing <laughs> protozoa, and I'm saying no, that didn't happen. We heard multiple protozoa songs throughout the movie though. Yes, we heard all two of his songs. Well, three, he had the new one. Well yeah, but that was a duet. No. So well, Sage has four. made it to the moon too. Everybody's on the moon. Yes. Because he was a stowaway on the fan ship. He pulls down this big curtain that's just a moon with his crossed out being like, hey, don't go here. And how did he get that set up? It's a good question. How did he get it on there on the ship with him? But security grabs him and then Xenon decides that she likes him now and says, hey, he's yes. making some good points. Leave yes. him alone. But my favorite part of this, there was some random girl in the audience who stood up and says, I agree. <laughs> Leave him alone. <laughs> but then they take him off somewhere anyways. He kind of disappears and... Random doesn't do a lot to the yeah. point where it almost is like, wait, is he evil? <laughs> Are they going to pull the, the modern Disney Pixar twist where the clearly good person actually turns out to be the villain in the end? Yeah. But nope, they do kind of swerve on us in some other ways, though. Then Xenon has another dream. But in this one, we see uh, the moon goddess. She appears as a giant lady on the moon. It's, it's a, a different, different girl than what we see later, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. No, it's completely different. Yeah. This is like a 40-year-old yeah. giantess. So it's it's how she would imagine the moon goddess is. And then she grabs an astronaut's helmet and she lifts it off. Oh my gosh, it's Xenon underneath. She can't breathe though, right? Or can she breathe here? Well, that's a dream. So she wakes up and she's well, like, oh my God. She wakes up and she's struggling to breathe, but so is every other girl in the room because they're all having the same dream again. But then again, they say, oh, this is, we all saw you, Xenon. So yes. it doesn't make sense. They're all in weird space bunk beds. Yeah. And they say, well, this clearly means that Selena, and why were the there moon four goddess. Beds? Why are there four beds? They just planned on the on Dash to be there? No, it's just... You was Bromley supposed to stay in that room with them? They probably just would have gotten some random girl. I guess. Of all things in Xenon 3, that's the These least are the things that to I'm worried about. Out. I'm worried. So they say, Selena, the moon goddess, she's calling you out. Yes. Plank gets in contact with Xenon eventually. She says, oh, Dash is here. But who cares? Because Protozoa is here. Zoom, zoom, zoom. But actually, nobody cares that Protozoa is no, there. Because he's a nobody now. But you know who's not a nobody? Cosmic Blush. Cosmic Blush. The hottest AKA female singer of 2054. Spice Girls. So Protozoa was allowed to come to the moon, but then we see him talking to the host guy. And 
he's like, hey, let me play. And he's like, I don't know, Protozoa, you're not too hot anymore. Why was he allowed on the moon if he wasn't even supposed to play? <laughs> well, well, yeah, yeah, that's what I was wondering. Like, why? Why? What is this, this security agent? like? Yeah, who is this agent? Why did his agent say, "Oh, yeah, you're gonna be a big deal up there"? The so, kids do not like him. But then Xenon sees in the host office Sage, maybe tied up. Yeah, I don't think he weird. was tied up. So then the host is like, "Oh, I want to end this conversation. Sure, Protozoa, you can play." Yeah. So then he does. But only Xenon and her friends are dancing, and the rest of the crowd just does not like They're him very at all. Bored. They're tired. They're like, so he plays half of the galaxy as ours or something, yeah. which is from the second movie. And then you see the the space cadets peek out. Yeah, he's basically just the warm up act for Cosmic Blush, and then she kicks him off the stage. Cheer and and Protoso is really sad. Like you can tell he's he's just hurt. He misses the fame. I mean, he he's over had. the hill. He misses teenage girls screaming for him. At least he still has Xenon. That's all he has. It's kind ice, of all he's ever had. And, and ice cream. Part of the major plot of Xenon 2 was him feeling over the hill and disconnected from his music yeah. and living a reclusive lifestyle in the jungle. Yeah. So I don't know if Protozoa has ever really had it since that first movie. He, was, he used to be a big deal, though. No, he's not. He's a nobody. You know who else gets to go to the moon? Everybody gets to go to the Everybody. moon. Plank and Judy are on their way to the moon. Yeah, So and I never... So it's weird because... It starts snowing in space. Well, yeah. That's that, weird. That too. But like the whole thing about who's the green guy that wants to save it? Sage, Sage Borealis. Sage wants to save the moon from getting colonized. But if just Aunt Judy and Commander Plank can go there whenever they want, what stopped people from going there before? That is a good question. Because they're just using probably pretty consumer grade space car it's, and they're allowed to fly to the moon. Sense. It just don't make sense. It just don't make sense. So the evil host guy starts to conspire to help Bronley win. So the next event was going to is a rock climbing contest. So does Bronley know that? Bronley's never told that he's no, going to he, be. No, the host is just like, hey, I want you to win. And then we see the host pull up a ladder to the climbing wall, and he takes one handhold yes, of Xenons, unscrews move, it, moves and then it moves like it higher up. A foot up. So it's so we see them the four climbing walls front on, and you can clearly see that one is not identical to the others, but nobody yes. else notices this yes. until they're starting to climb. Correct. So the climbing contest happens. Actually, before they do that, Cassie, who, again, has been introduced into this movie, has a really funny moment where she says, I don't really care who wins because no matter what, our friendship is forever. Yes. And Margie and Xenon both are like, yeah, okay, because Cassie's like, right? We're friends forever, and they kind of blow her <laughs> off, and it's like, yeah. Who are you? You haven't been friends forever. You're just new to this movie. Who are you? So then Xenon, while she's climbing, the contest starts. Oh, no, I can't reach can't the reach thing. But then oh. she gets a magic reach all of a sudden. So the ghost the just lifts ghost. her arm up, but it's like her arm... It's it only so long. To, it would have had to have stretched like a foot. Yeah, had and to Brown do a Michael Jordan in like, Space Jam thing. Like the announcers obviously like talking about, oh, Xenon's stuck here. He, he's the one that obviously tried to make her lose. So he's like reacting in a way like, what the hell? She's not, this isn't supposed to happen. Yeah, and they the way it works is they go up, retrieve like a disc from the yeah, top of the wall. A ring. Then yeah, they have to climb back down and then put it on top of a ball. And Xenon gets second So yeah, the, Bromley. Bromley and Xenon make it to the final round, but Bromley goes to the host and accuses Xenon of cheating because he saw the space ghost helping her. Yeah. 
and Margie and Cassie get mad because she was cheating. Even though they had dreams about Selena, the moon goddess, blessing Xenon and calling her (laughs) out. But they're like, hey, where's my moon goddess? Exactly. Xenon then learns from Sage, because her and Dasha go and find Sage, because Dasha believes Xenon was helped by the moon goddess. Yeah. And this is where Sage lays out the plan of the evil corporation that this is all a cover. This whole concert thing's a cover so that they can put a space station here and then they'll have squatters rights that they'll be there first so that they can then colonize. Yes, because Armstrong was there, planted the flag, but he left. So originally he had the rights, but because he left, he lost his rights. Which I'm pretty sure there are actual international treaties governing space use. Yeah, I believe so. And the moon specifically for kind of reasons like this. Yeah. But then Xenon is like, oh, Neil Armstrong, his shuttle landed here. So I thought for whatever reason, I thought her plan was going to be, we're going to go find his space shuttle to show that he was here first and his <laughs> debris is still here yeah. so that he had eminent domain to control it. But no, she just goes and finds his flag. Yeah. So it's a horrible looking CG set of her space walking. Well, yeah, moon walking. like outside, just like the space station itself. It just looks, it's all computery. It's just really like, it's really bad. It is very bad. It can't be very cartoon stated enough. Very cartoon. So she jumps over a crater to get to the flag and she says, one small step for a woman, (laughs) one giant leap for womankind. So yeah, hashtag Yas Slay Queen. (laughs) Slay. Slay Queen. We stan a feminist astronaut, (laughs) Xenon Carr. Yeah. Then she's there and she's like, what the fuck am I doing here? She's just talking to herself. She's like, don't make me look silly talking to space. Uh, Come on, moon goddess. And then it's like, oh, I'm Cindy Lapa. Girls just want to have fun. Yeah, and Jacob pulled out the comparison that she very much looks like Cindy Lopper. We get a bluish hologram spectral ghost lady. British looking like hair crazy. Who's just sassy and fucking pissed off. <laughs> she was not very likable. I don't like the moon. She says, hey, fucking get these people off of my and surface. get your shit. Like, get your space shit off of here. And Xenon says, why did you pick me? And she says, you're a girl who can get stuff done. And I say, like, yeah, bitch, go, go off, yeah. go off. We stands Xenon. Uh, <laughs> the moon goddess actually yeah. kind of, there's kind of two She's villains. like threatening. There's the evil host who wants to develop the moon. And then there's the moon goddess who says, if you don't get people off the moon, I'm going to do some crazy freaking. I'm going to use my moon powers on them. (laughs) Yeah. Come at me. You can't stop this bitch. 100%. And it kind of undercuts the message. I mean, they still kind of try to go with, like, don't colonize the moon. But it's so, it's like the perfect alley oop to, like, the moon goddess. And she just slams her face into, like, the fucking backboard because it's just make her nice and say, hey, I don't want people to colonize the moon because I don't show like weird moon creatures and be like, they'll die or something. It's the most basic environmentalism plot that exists in these movies. I don't know. The way I kind of thought about it is like, oh, you know, like recycle bottles and cans, you know, you put it in your recycling thing outside and it just like blows over from the wind. It's just like kind of that. That's what I kind of got out of it. Why is she so... 
It would be like that if then one of the cans came and (laughs) stole your car and ran you over. Yeah, or, you know, it blew underneath your tire and it popped your tire. Why is she so mean? I mean, this is one of the most basic kids' movies plots of, like, the 90s is real estate developers are bad. Yeah. Harry and the Hendersons is good. (laughs) It's just so basic. And they're like, but what if she was super (laughs) evil and (laughs) all-powerful? So we'll see kind of what happens with that. like Sidney Lauper. And ultimately what happens is none of it seems to really matter. Well, she doesn't do any good. The moon goddess is all bad. Everything she does from this point forward is bad. She finishes her conversation with Xenon and she poofs out of existence. And then, oh, Dasha was there and she's in a space. Oh, and now they're running out of oxygen. Yeah, Dasha just always appears out of nowhere. Yeah. And then Aunt Judy and Plank crash land on the moon. Which now I'm just remembering what happens later on the movie. That had no purpose at all. <laughs> no. They crash land on the moon. And then and we'll see. Well, we'll see what happens at the yeah, end of the well, movie. What happens after the crash? Why do we need to know they crashed? Did they crash? Exactly. Because, did they crash because they were in the snowstorm? No, there was no more snow. They just, they just, crashed. They just crashed on the moon. <laughs> oh, boy. So Xenon and Dasha, they're making their way back to the moon station. Yes. Their oxygen is running out. And they get to the station's airlock, and they can't get in Just because Dasha fucked over, something yeah, up. She overrode the safety locks or something. So they're like, they're passing out. I'm passing out. <laughs> <laughs> but then they get let back in, and who's this mysterious spaceman that rescued them? Sage. Oh, it's Sage Borealis. And now Xenon is randomly going to be like, hey, you know what? I, I like you. you. I love you. So they explain to Sage that the moon goddess is going to kill everybody. <laughs> And Sage is like, okay. And Xena says, wait, you believe me? And Sage is like, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> because it, that actually makes sense yeah. that Sage doesn't care. He if, just wants to get people off it. Yeah, he, it's the, his end goal is still going to be executed yeah. on. He doesn't yeah. care if Xenon's fucking crazy. True. <laughs> Xenon sure. goes and makes up with Cassie and Margie. And they're like, we are best friends we forever. God, So uh, really good thing that we had them hate her for literally well, like yeah, 10 well, minutes. Yeah, they forgot why they even hit her. But they asked us reminders because she cheated on the wall. They're like, ah. And then Xenon goes and tells Bronley, but Bronley does He's not believe her. He's an asshole. He He's, says, I only care about me. And then he like. He what? basically thinks she's trying to play some mind games. You're making up the moon goddess. I don't believe this shit. And then as soon as he says that, he gets like crippled by her from outside. She's peeking in. <laughs> did, you, did you see her peeking in from the window? I don't think I did in this scene, but we see her in another yes, scene peeking in. Like she's randomly like creeping in and doing stuff she to people. fucks up the gravity and like So he's like collapsing. The floor. He's like washed on the floor. And then Xenon goes over to check on him. And then she turns into like a blob on the floor. So then Xenon is in front of uh, the whole audience because I think it was a supposed to be the start yeah. of the final steals, whatever we don't know what it was gonna the be mic. i assume it was just gonna be like a, a trivia contest <laughs> Dance so she, she steals the mic and says hey the moon goddess is gonna kill us all we should get out of here and then the announcer guy or whatever is like oh very funny huh she's losing her marbles in the she, he says she's in la la woohoo <laughs> lovely land and, and the xenon and then the whole crowd laughs of course because they love him and his, his comedy but xenon says let she it, says, hey, bitch, go off. Yeah, like, let it be seen. And then here the announcer guy just starts floating up in the sky like Grandpa around. Joe. Like Grandpa Joe yeah. and Charlie Bucket. Yeah. He's going to hit the ceiling and burst. The host, he's a proper man, so he doesn't burp. No. Then they find Protozoa because they have to tell him to, and he's just eating he's a, ice cream. A, a giant thing of ice cream, but it's got, like, green chips <laughs> in it. 
So I wasn't even sure if it was supposed to be ice cream <laughs> or it's future ice cream. It was not Dippin' Dots. So no. I don't yeah. think Xenon really knows what the future is all about. No, it's 2054. But he can save everyone because they find out it's first. Tour bus. Oh, all the space shuttles left to go pick up the workers, workers to, to colonize. Whatever. But yeah. oh, what? You always fly in style, right? You know what? It's the Wonder Bus. Which I'm pretty sure in the original movie he had to take the normal shuttle yeah. to get to the space station. But he made a lot of money then. He was a big deal. But he he always travels in style, so yeah. he has this giant shuttle. So yeah. sure. Really, Protozoa only exists in this movie to provide so that he can have yes, transportation. Yeah, so he could have been it could have just been cosmic blush. Also, yeah, which we don't see Cosmic Blush escape from the station. Yeah, no she idea. does survive, but we don't actually see her. So they're getting everybody into the ship, and then the Wonder Bus blasts off, and then Xenon and all of her gang get their color-coded Power Ranger vehicles, and they go fly out. Then they're like, we have to get the space station off the moon because that's what the moon goddess wants. So we'll use, oh, by the way, our pods have grappling hooks. Yeah. It felt very prequels R2-D2, where it's like, R2-D2 always had jetpacks. <laughs> what, you're saying he could have used that in the original trilogy? You're crazy. <laughs> you think that would have helped at the Sarlacc pit? No way. Oh, my God. So Nerd. they are lifting up or trying to lift up the dome. Yes. But then they can't. Because it's too heavy. They don't have enough power. Aunt Judy to the rescue. So Aunt Judy and Plank show up. Again, remember, the last time we saw them, they they had crash-landed on the moon. But why did we even see them crash-land on the moon? All we needed to know was that they were out in space, and there might have even been more dramatic tension for them to get it out of space. And all like they set up a ticking clock that the moon goddess is going to do this when the moon passes, or the Earth passes beyond the moon's horizon. Yes. So stupid. So and and we see it though. We see the Earth gradually like going down lower yeah. and lower. So it's getting more built up and tense. And but yeah, so they're on top of it now. They lift the dome, which is literally just a dome. There's nothing it's in just it. the dome. It's not like all the wings. They're not getting the, the whole station. No. They leave that behind. So and it makes no sense. They lift the dome, and as soon as they do that, uh, Cindy Lopper starts twirling her finger, and it, like turns into like a vortex. And as somebody who's currently playing uh, Final Fantasy VII, the original again, it looks like the northern crater in that where there's wispy blue energy. And that was a game that came out on the PS1 in 1997. (laughs) So that is the level of CG graphics we're operating in in a television movie in 2004. And she just like eats everything. She consumes it. Which, why did they need to do the dome thing? It would have filled her belly up too much. I'll be honest. I wasn't listening for all of this movie, but it just she doesn't make any sense. She mentions something. She mentions something, though, that they need to take their stuff with them. like the, the So, but then it's like, so they w- were scared of her. Why didn't they... it lift the whole spaceship? Why just the dome? Why Why was it when I they lifted know. the dome and just lifted everything and whatever? But it's like, we're it's like scared of her of because she's going to kill us if we don't yes. get our stuff off. Yes. We don't get our stuff off, but she destroys everything. So why did she care about humans being on there anyway? She could have just killed everybody. And then nobody would come back to the moon because they all got killed by the moon. The dome is just floating in space now. They just let it go. And that probably went onto Earth and (laughs) burned up in the atmosphere and killed somebody. It was just weird. So really, as I said earlier, it's all meaningless. It's all pointless. Yes. 
Nothing needed to happen the way it is. Protozoa didn't need to be in this movie. Aunt Judy and Commander Plank didn't need to be in space at all. It could have been... They they just could have lifted up the dome. They didn't need to provide, oh no, our grappling hooks we just existed in this movie couldn't do all the work. Dasha never saves the world. Why did they need Dasha? Why did they need Xenon Z3? (laughs) They didn't. And then as I think... I don't exactly remember how Xenon 2 ended, but I'm guessing it ended like this, or at least zoom, the first zoom, movie zoom. literally ends in the exact same way where we go to a party on Earth. Yes. And Judy and Plank and Dasha and the puppy the all make up. Yes. Uh, and then Margie hooks up with Bronley. Yeah. And that was really not set yeah, up, besides that Margie thought he was hot, <laughs> which is like Avi. He's Bronley. Bronley. <laughs> so this is all happening. In classic Xenon One fashion, we get the resolution of multiple character arcs yes. during a song, yes. which Played starts by... out with Cosmic Blush, yes. but then is joined in by the man, the myth, myth. maybe? Myth. The microscopic organism himself, yeah. Protozoa. He comes out and he's playing the guitar, which I don't know if he played the guitar in any of the yeah, other I movies. I can't remember either. But they're singing a song called Out of This World, I'm pretty sure. We didn't give it the respect or the listen that it deserved. I didn't I, like it very much. The, I, I, I was too busy singing Protozoa songs. Protozoa's music in the first two movies was bad. But it was but fun. It, it had a futuristic quality to it. Yeah. It was, where this it just felt like mainstream. a pop song from yeah. Disney Channel in 2004. Yeah. So I'm not going to put it at the end of this episode. But they also play like the whole song. Yeah, it's like three movie. minutes and they're all it's, singing. And it's they're the all full runtime and it just, it keeps going. Yeah. So Sage is paired up with Xenon because we have to have everybody have a romantic interest. Duh. Presumably Protozoa and Cosmic Blush are going to go kiss after their show. 100%. Or more than that. Sage and Xenon, they go onto the beach and make love. They get a call from the host, and he's like, hey, Xenon. Come to Mars. They do save the host. They don't just leave him on the space station floating. What's his name? Throws him like a rope, and they get him down from the ceiling. And then he says, yeah, I'm going to start a colony on Mars. You want to fucking sing a song up there? And she says, "Uh, have you ever heard of the god of war? He might have something to do with Mars. And then she hangs up on him and says, some people never learn. And then Sage comes in and says, do you? And I was like, whoa, <laughs> where is this? Where is this aggression coming from? And then they try to like cap this off with some greater message. And Xenon's like, I do. I think learning from experiences is one of the most important parts of your life. Now, fuck off. We don't need some greater moral in this Disney Sage Channel three. original movie. They kiss. Uh, Sage kisses her. No, I just Dasha wrote... Dasha kisses the puppy. I just wrote, no. The puppy kisses Dasha. And then yeah, they that's... play Zoom, Zoom, Zoom yeah. in the credits. Yeah. My Supernova Girl. We zoomed right out of that episode. And with that, that closes the chapter of Xenon. What the started... Xenon era is over. What started off as a great eh. trilogy finished in... It, ne- it was never supposed to be a trilogy. That's the biggest. Wasn't it? Well, I mean, there's no connective tissue. It was all a book. I I wonder if it was just. It was probably a single single book. book They just like stretched out. This might not. The books they base these movies on are often so like unknown that I can't even like find a Wikipedia page about the book. You think we could find it on eBay? Yeah, probably. Do read a book report about it. Should I? 
fill out the IMDb trivia section okay. about how much different Xenon is from the Cheetah Girls. I could. So. Yeah, that was Xenon. I'm not, I'm not sad to see her go. I don't know if I've ever liked Xenon, the character. I've enjoyed kind of the world she's existed in. I like the, the colorful costumes. And that was one of the things that I really liked. The outfits, and I liked the set that wasn't CGI. Like, I thought that was all cool. Like, like that's what was fun. This movie was just kind of like, it was just meh. Like, the first two, I think the CGI just kind of took away from the movie. Yeah, definitely diminishing returns as we've gone along with too these. Much, too much, like, fake. Just there was far more CGI in this than in any of the others. I guess that could have been commendable at the time, that they were ambitious, but... As I said, who now wants to see, just, we'll see, now wants to see Xenon in a space race? Now we're just spoiled. It's 17 years past its prime. We're expecting nothing but the best in CGI. Yeah, it's one of those things where, well, I just actually watched all of the extended edition one sitting of Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King last night. Does that hold up? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Those movies are amazing. It makes me sad because it's like, they don't make movies like that. Anymore. No. I mean, they kind of never did. That was such like a massive undertaking. They filmed all three of those movies over the course of a couple of years, like all at once. Yeah. So much costumes. You want to talk about extras in, so a, in a movie. Extras. Costuming, effects, yeah. uh, makeup, sets, miniatures. So much wonderful movie making in that. And movie now magic. a trilogy that was a trilogy from the beginning. Oh, no. Now we just have cg and there are cg in lord of the rings but we just get green screen cg mess fucking marvel's phase four forever everybody (laughs) trying to chase after cinematic universes and and, And it's just like there was a time when lord of the rings that was the big franchise movie that's what i that's what i grew up with we were about 10 years old when lord of the rings and harry potter were the two that was something too i thought about where it's like yeah those like Harry Potter, we, Harry Potter movies are fine. They're no Lord of the Rings. We haven't had very many kind of like franchises. Like there was Harry Potter, there was Lord of the Rings, there was the Hunger Games, Twilight, Twilight, I guess. But yeah, there was a time. Not that all those movies are good, but when movies were based on books yeah. and not comic books. Yeah. And now the Marvel movies are fine. But they're kind of ruining cinema. <laughs> they're ruining just, the movie there's industry. There's just too many. There's too much Marvel, and everybody wants to be Marvel. Well, and yeah, it's all about, oh, we see they're making so much money. Their sales, the box office sales. We need that. Everybody do it. And I well, just think about... it just dies at the wayside. I feel bad for the kids growing up today. Because, as I said, we got the fucking lord of the rings we had a lot of like as our form of movie those movies came out i would have been like eight nine and ten those movies rocked my fucking world i love them to death so they still hold up today the effects at least on the blu-ray i was watching maybe they cleaned some stuff up they look good so what i'm really saying is xenon z3 as a trilogy (laughs) ender is now lord of the rings the return (laughs) of the king but you Uh, but but you don't like uh, Hobbit and stuff. The Hobbit is fine. There's a lot that went wrong with that behind the scenes. The Hobbit just was never should never have been trying to fit into the mold of the Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Even if that movie was two movies long instead of three, which it shouldn't have been three. Yeah. It's just trying to fit it into the mold of Lord of the Rings. That's not how it came out. It was written as a children's book. 
there was the appendices in the Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, the book that kind of added some contextual information for what was happening with Sauron and everything while Bilbo was on his journey. But yeah. that book within the canon, it's supposed to be Bilbo wrote this book, kind of. Yeah. So it's through this perspective of Bilbo, who's just this dopey hobbit <laughs> off on this goofy adventure. And while there might be serious stuff happening around him, he doesn't know about yeah. it. Battle of the Five Armies isn't even in the book because Bilbo gets knocked out. And that <laughs> Battle of the Five Armies is the title of the third fucking movie. Yeah. And I thought it was still a, a well-done battle. So it just it's a different tone that there's not a great way to probably adapt that into a movie. But trying to make The Hobbit as a Lord of the Rings movie, the source material just isn't there. Yeah. If it was something where they made The Hobbit first as a movie... And then did their own thing and then made the Lord of the Rings. And you'd be like, whoa, this is totally very different. But really, I just, I love the Lord of the Rings. You love the Lord of the Rings. It was something I hadn't watched. Definitely, I don't think I've watched The Return of the King in probably like 10 years or more. Oh, wow. So it was one where. Some fan you are. Well, I watched them so much as a kid, like yeah. part, especially the first two movies. Just the third one is such an undertaking because it's so long and it's kind of emotionally draining. They were so long. I mean, the Harry Potter movies were kind of like that too. I had started like, watching these well, back in the summer and it took me this long to watch the last one just because you watch it and then it's done. It's done. It's over. And you feel it's the same emotional damage yeah. as a kid and especially within Gandalf. the context of like the world today. They don't make movies like this anymore. No. no. And we don't make podcasts like this anymore. We're done. You well, know what? 50. Watching The Return of the King makes me uh, realize really how Disney Channel movies are complete <laughs> shit. And I hate them all. Happy 50th episode. But if you want to write in to us to tell you about how you appreciate the work we do. Yeah. Tell us. Tell us. Just write in. And are say, we your Lord of the Rings? Write in and say, hey, thank you for that moving speech about the wonders of movie making wow. and Lord of the Rings. You can write us at a whole new pod at gmail.com. You can also rate us, review us, subscribe to us on Apple podcast, Google something. I don't know what it's called. I get emails every once in a while. I can never keep up stitcher, Spotify, or maybe on something called verbal. I don't know if I fully set that up right. <laughs> Probably nobody actually uses it, but Hey, if you stumble across that somehow, I just got an iPhone. I just listened to podcasts on the basic app on there. I don't know how you weird Android users are. Hey, I put it up on YouTube. People seem to like that. I don't understand that. But if you <laughs> like us on YouTube, actually like us, subscribe like, to subscribe, us. Subscribe, bell notification. Share those videos around. Yeah. As Jacob said at the top, we hit a, a big view milestone. Yeah, that's pretty cool. With 100,000 views. Yeah. You lucky dog. You lucky dog. Yeah. What? <laughs> the rawest episode. Man, now I'm just. You're I'm just gonna, really I, depressed. You talk about. I'm going to cry again. Sweet. Like I did when Frodo yeah. sailed off with Bilbo, Gandalf, oh. Galadriel, Elrond, Celeborn was there and too. Harry Potter was there. From the, they sailed off from the Grey Havens to the Undying Lands. Oh my God. And they left Sam. Samwise Pippin and Mary, Mary. behind wow. in the world of the Shire amongst people that don't know the troubles that they went through. Sad. And the, the world they've seen that they can never quite return back to oh the way God. it was. Jesus Christ. Ah, I'll be good to everybody out there. Yeah. 
Love your parents. No. Your siblings. <laughs> Love the Lord of the Rings. <laughs>